Welcome to Inside Acme X, a series where we discuss TV, film, video games, creative technology and art with practitioners in Melbourne. Each episode, we interview a resident that works at Acme X, Acme's screen-focused co-working space. I'm Amber Gibson, the Community Coordinator. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, on whose land we record this podcast here in Melbourne. And I extend that respect to any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people listening in. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Today, we're chatting to Melbourne-based writer and director Greta Nash. In 2017, Greta's short film Locker Room premiered at Melbourne International Film Festival and since received over 9 million views online. Then, in 2018, Greta wrote and directed the winning Tropfest film Two Piece. In 2021, they wrote a polished draft of their first feature, School Camp, funded by Screen Tasmania, and have completed two director's attachments on Preacher in 2019 and Run Rabbit Run in 2022. This year, Greta completed their latest short film, Heartthrob. So, in this episode, we're going to chat about making short films with Greta Nash, who has made a few themselves. Welcome, Greta. Thank you, Amber. Happy to be here. What first influenced you to make films? Actually, I think it was my mum who steered me towards filmmaking. She's an opera singer and a director of her own like opera company, Coco. Wow. Yeah, and my, my dad as well is a stage manager. So I kind of grew up in a very artistic, performancey environment. In high school, I sort of had the misguided idea that I wanted to be an actor. And I love being in musicals and plays, but I think my mum, speaking from her own experience of being on the auditioning side of things, the, the performance side of things, was just very encouraging that I should try and get onto the other side the more creative side, so the side where you are the one making the work yourself. Uh, yeah, and she may have misled me somewhat because she was like, it means, you know, you won't have to be auditioning your whole life, but I still feel like I am auditioning my whole life because I'm pitching and asking for money <laughs> from people. Yeah, it's actually interesting that you had that insight from your mum early on who was able to guide you. And in terms of the subjects you tackle, your films focus on adolescence. What makes you explore this age group? I mean, I wasn't always making films about adolescence. When I was at film school, I was kind of making these sort of stylized comedies, I guess, very much influenced by Wes Anderson, who was kind of my hero of the day. Just a lot of kind of replicating stuff that I thought was really cool. Because I was young, I went straight into film school at the age of like 18, and I didn't really have a sense of what stories I really cared about. I just knew what I liked watching and so I'd try and kind of mimic that. But it was after I graduated, I wanted to make something more personal and I wanted to make something that felt important, something that mattered to me. And so I made Locker Room, which is about a 15-year-old girl who is best friends with a group of boys from the school football team. She's a bit of a tomboy, but discovers that those boys have been keeping this secret chat going with the other boys where they're like sharing videos and pictures of girls from her year level and rating them and making kind of unsavory comments. And she has a bit of a crisis of um, 
where she stands and yeah, what her responsibility is in that situation. So that was quite a personal film and the experience of making it was really good. <laughs> like it was scary because it was the first time I'd tried to do anything serious. Um, up until that point, I didn't really take myself very seriously. But the response to that film and the fact that it came out just prior to the Me Too movement, and it was inspired obviously by a string of private school scandals here in Melbourne that reminded me of things that my friends had been through, mm. things that I had witnessed and experienced. And yeah, it was just such a rewarding thing making that film having it be kind of personal but sharing a point of view I think that maybe hadn't been discussed so much in the conversation because generally a lot of the media around that kind of locker room behavior was either from like the boy's perspective or from the girl or the victim the person who's kind of the subject of maybe photos and videos that are being shared but yeah, I think it was also just part of being not so sure of my gender and my position within girlhood itself. I kind of wanted to make something about, yeah, being in that gray area. Yeah. You know, hearing the reason you created Locker Room, it's really interesting. Yeah. I think I just wanted to do something that felt true to my own position and my own experience. Because I think at that time I was fortunate not to have had those things happen to me, but I still felt so affected by it mm. on behalf of the friends of mine who had gone through that sort of thing. And I think that experience and getting to see how people responded to it, young people, young girls in particular, who would send me Instagram messages after having seen the film mm. or emails or would come up to me after screenings and kind of talk to me about how they related to it. It was just such an amazing thing. And so I think then I was like, all right, there's something here in kind of sharing parts of myself that I feel like haven't been seen on screen before. I know when I watch a movie that makes me feel seen, it makes me feel less lonely. So I think that's been my driving force ever since. It's like, what do I, what do I feel is like a part of myself that I want to acknowledge and I want to share with other people in the hope that they will also feel kind of acknowledged. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of why it's it's been mostly like adolescent stuff because that's just what I... <laughs> I mean, I'm not that young. I mean, I'm 28, but I think as I age, probably my characters will age up. But in terms of what I've made so far, I've been really drawn to stories about adolescence. There's just something about being a teenager. You just do unhinged things. You make the worst choices imaginable and you feel everything so deeply. So I think from just a drama perspective, it makes for a good movie. Yeah, and you create these films with your best friends, Gillian and Gabrielle. Was that the first film you made together? Well, Locker Room, actually, I made with the producer Honey Lynn Listen. Um, Gabby worked on the film, but Gillian was in France. So actually, the first film that the three of us collaborated on was Two Piece, which we made in the same year as Locker Room. We made Locker Room in like March 2017, and then we shot two-piece in December, like right before Christmas. And for those of you who haven't seen two-piece, Greta wrote, directed and edited two-piece, which was the winning Tropfest film. It also won Best Actress for its lead, Freya Van Dyke Goodman, and got a nomination for Best Screenplay. Do you like this one? Oh, it's 50% off. It looks like something a Nana would wear. A Nana with style, maybe? No, a Nana with cankles. Well, it would help if you could tell me exactly what it is you think you're going to find. 
What about this one? Shut up, Wally. Ava. Just trying to help. Two-Piece was really fun to make. It was super quick. Two-Piece actually came directly out of an experience I had while shopping for something to wear to Myth opening night. I was shopping with my mum, shout out to my mum, and we went to Chadston, <laughs> which is always a great idea. And I was just trying things on and being like size 16, I'm on like the end of the classic kind of sizing in Australia. And I was just having this crisis of trying things on, finding things I liked, but then they wouldn't look good. And I just, with my mum, who just obviously clearly couldn't see the imperfections that I was seeing, just create, it was just this funny tension between us. And I think I reverted back to being like a 14 year old. I became really sulky and snappy with her. It just made me think, oh God, I'm regressing. And so Two Piece is literally just that experience, but placed back in that era of being 13, 14, your body's changing. You want to feel grown up, so you're trying to dress grown up, but you don't really feel it. You feel uncomfortable. So yeah, Two Piece is about a 13-year-old girl going shopping for her first bikini with her mum. So we made the film with no money, the last of my money, genuinely the last of my money. Like I had to borrow a couple of hundred dollars from my parents to actually get up to Tropfest for the for the ceremony. But it all worked out, obviously, because then we won, which was just the most shocking thing to happen to me in my life. And so embarrassing that it was televised as well, because that's out there now. Um, but I got a hug from Susan Sarandon on live television. So good. Which I think to this day is probably my uh, finest moment. <laughs> And so then after that, you formed GGG Films. Yeah, basically. So Gabby, Gillian and I actually met while I was at film school. We kind of were friends before we really worked together on anything. But yeah, we just had such a good time making <laughs> two-piece. Yeah, it must um, be so nice to have that support with close friends producing your work. Yeah, and I think the fact that we are friends is what makes it work. I think we all have different kind of skill sets. Gabby and Gillian are producers, but Gillian's also a fantastic writer. And Gabby is amazingly positive and practical. And what makes you make short films? Is that something that you discussed with Gabby and Gillian? Or is that something that you want to do as part of developing your directing skills? I ask myself. <laughs> the same thing because short films are like quite expensive and there's not really any um it's not really any funding for shorts anymore yeah but I love short films I think as well because I want to be making feature films mm -hmm. the majority of I guess the concepts and the ideas that I'm working on or the ideas that come to me are generally for feature films right so you you're thinking in feature film brain but yeah. you're condensing it to create a short story because that's how you can get your work produced. Often, yeah. I mean, that's definitely the case with Heartthrob, our recent short film. I wrote a, I wrote a feature length script with the same characters and I was just looking at it thinking, oh, is there like a section of it that I could turn into a short? And I basically just took the first kind of opening act, condensed it down into 15 minutes and that's what we ended up shooting. And in shooting it, it also clarified a lot about the feature for me and has been super helpful in in the writing of the feature they've worked together 
quite well. And how do you fund your shorts? So when I made Locker Room and I made Two Piece, they were self-funded. I was working in hospitality. I was working at a magazine shop and I was just saving money. I was lucky. I was, I was living at home, so I wasn't paying rent. And then with Heartthrob, that cost a bit more just because the crew and the cast, they're a bit more experienced. I'm more experienced. My friends are more experienced. They're out there working. Whereas when we were making Locker Room and Two Piece, it's like we're all pretty fresh out of uni. Like it was our second year out of uni and some people were working, but some people were kind of like me, sitting around twiddling their thumbs and happy to jump in and work on a short film for free. So yeah, with Heartthrob, we had this quite difficult challenge of making it as cheaply as possible, but still trying to have that professional feeling Mm. to it. And that's what happens when short films aren't funded as well. That's the only, one of the only avenues to do it. Just quickly, can you describe Heartthrob? Yeah, so essentially Heartthrob is about an 18-year-old boy named Grey who desperately wants to be TikTok famous. But he's also in love with his best friend, Angelo, who he spends all his time with. Angelo is basically his only kind of ally in his mission to becoming TikTok famous. But or I guess his desire for TikTok fame and his desire for his best friend. They're not compatible, so it creates complications. Oh, dude, check this. Who's that? This dude, I think he listens to Long. He started making videos in lockdown and now he's about to hit 5 million followers. Yeah. He, he can do whatever he wants. He can travel wherever, he goes to all these events, hangs out with all these other famous people, and he gets paid to literally just buy it. You know, you do look like him. The actors in the film, William McKenna and Gabrielle Kelly, they have such a genuine chemistry. How did you choose the cast? The chemistry was lucky. I was nervous. I was so nervous because usually when I'm casting, I'm not really thinking about how the actors look. I generally am very opposed to that. But for this one, because like the main character has to look like a TikTok star. He has to look like a model. He has to look like he can get famous for his face alone. So that kind of narrows it down a little bit, but I was looking through Showcast and looking at people's showreels and I found Gabe through there and he was just perfect. He looked exactly as I'd pictured the character, but more importantly, he was just an amazing actor. Fresh out of ECA, had just graduated, I think the year before. So I met up with him, but he just seemed so sweet and so earnest and so open. And I think I'd put in the script that this character had kind of golden retriever energy and Gabe had that in spades. (laughs) So it was kind of a perfect match. And then with Will, I'd seen him in a play at the MTC. I'd seen him in in admissions and he was so like breathtakingly good. He had this 10 minute monologue that just is kind of unhinged, but he pulled it off and it was it was some of like the best acting I'd seen live. Does he usually do films? I mean, I think he does short films. He's, he's got a TV show coming out. Oh. He's like the lead in an ABC TV show, The Messenger. Cool. So very excited to watch that. But yeah, I just reached out to Will's agent and was like, I think he's probably too good for, <laughs> for our little short film. But if he's interested, like, it'd be really great to work with him. And then he said yes. And he was filming in Sydney um, until like the day before we started shooting. So when you talk about the chemistry, obviously, in my mind, that was the number one most important thing. And so I'd cast these two amazing actors separately, 
but they had not met until the day before. So I was nervous. Um, and then, yeah, the day before we started shooting, I think we were shooting on a Saturday and a Sunday and we had a rehearsal basically all day on the Friday and they met and they got along and they were so cute together um, and I was able to relax. But, yeah, we spent that day kind of building their relationship because um, I needed them not only to have this kind of like romantic sexual tension but also this sort of real comfort that comes from having been friends with someone for a really long time. So both of them are 22. They've been out of high school for a few years. So we kind of sat down and I just asked them questions about their high school experience, like got them to tell each other about their first kiss, um, talked about the parties that we went to in high school. Nice. So do you have any favourite scenes or one that you feel really achieved your vision? I am really happy with the film overall, but like the scene that sticks out to me the most is it's this like three minute long dialogue scene in the middle of the film where the characters are at a party and they're chatting and the lead character is kind of third wheeling his best friend with the birthday girl and they're flirting and he's just sort of bulldozing his way <laughs> into the conversation. And as the conversation progresses, it kind of twists and turns and stuff gets revealed and the kind of power in the conversation shifts between them. Hey! Oh my gosh, you made it! Happy birthday! Thank you for coming! Oh, it's nice. <laughs> and so I can be as possible. Oh, no, totally! Yeah, no, I expected him to bring you anyway. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. You should try this. I don't know what's in it, but it kind of tastes like a fruit roller. You've also done some director's attachments. Mm. So you did a director's attachment in 2019 on Preacher and then most recently on Run, Rabbit, Run. What are some of the skills you developed there mm. that have helped you become a better director? Yeah, so my director's attachment on Preacher was, was interesting because that was a TV show and that was in its fourth season, big budget, all shot on a soundstage like in Docklands. And that was only a three-week attachment. So that was very observational. And it was really good, but it was hard because when you're there, you just want to help. But that was fascinating. I learned a lot about how big professional set runs. I just got to see how that works because I'd never been on like a professional big budget set before. And then my last attachment, which I did just over a year ago on Run Rabbit Run, I was attached to Dana Reed, who is just the most incredible inspiring person ever. I'm a bit obsessed with her. And that was amazing because I actually started working on that as a runner, but I was driving Dana around. So I was kind of like her driver. Is that how you got the attachment? Kind of. I was gearing up actually to tap out because I didn't like being a runner is, is really hard. And I was enjoying driving Dana around, but I was kind of preparing to go and talk to like the production manager and the producers and be like, hey, I'm really enjoying being here, but I would love to come back as like an assistant, as like Dana's assistant. Otherwise I might go back and do what I was doing beforehand. But then Naomi, the production manager, pulled me into her office and she was like, 
hey, would you like to come back after Christmas as like a director's attachment? Because we got a list of names from Screen Australia and you were on the list and I feel like you're already here. You might as well do it. And I was like, yes, thank you. Yes, please. Good timing. It was really good timing. Got to meet Sarah Snook. I did get to meet Sarah Snook and I was so weird. Because <laughs> I was like the biggest Succession fan and she's just so normal and cool, um, incredibly talented, funny, laid back. And so naturally I was just like super intimidated. <laughs> yeah. We're all watching uh, Succession at the oh moment. Oh my God. Her, yeah, she's just amazing. And so GGG Films is also in late stage development on your first feature length screenplay, School Camp. Congratulations. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So School Camp has been in the works for a few years and it's basically about uh, two 14-year-old girls, Eddie and Tamar who are best friends, but Tamar is starting to kind of feel like maybe her wings are being clipped a bit by Eddie. And so their friendship is tested and pushed to breaking point when they head off on a pretty gruelling school camp in the Tassie wilderness. Screen Taz have been super, super supportive of us. It's been so great. They've given us two rounds of development funding. So we've been able to do all sorts of stuff, not only just like developing the script, but also we got to go down to Tassie for a week scout locations. We had a two-day acting casting workshop with 28 teenagers from Tassie. So, you know, going through scenes from the script with them, doing improv, chatting to them about their school camp experiences. It's been amazing. So we're kind of in the process now of trying to get the financing going, um, which is a bit of a challenge, but I'm super proud of where where the script has landed. And if it does get made, it'll be really wonderful I think. Well congratulations on getting those two grants that's awesome. We do have to wrap up but I'd love you to give any advice that you have to emerging writers or directors who are considering making short films uh, to hone their craft or to tell their stories. Yeah Uh, number one is uh, don't worry if you're not good yet. (laughs) I made short films all through film school but none of them were really anything to write home about so just keep making them don't be discouraged just keep going but also work with your friends work with your friends because they're the people that will want to support you and you'll get some really rich working relationships out of that if you can work with people that you're already comfortable with and just you know don't be too ambitious you can do a lot by starting small keeping it personal, working within your means. Don't bankrupt yourself, (laughs) essentially. But yeah, keep making shorts. I love shorts, so I want more people to make them. Thanks for joining us on Inside Acme X. If you would like to find out about Greta and her work, please visit the show notes of this episode. To learn about Acme X and keep up to date with the latest episode, follow us on Twitter at Acme X Studio.